A number of years ago, when I first came out here to San Francisco, <clears throat> I was driving through the city trying to become familiar. And I ran across Steiner Street. And it struck me because there was something in my head about Steiner Street from long ago. And as I was driving, I was trying to remember it. <clears throat> and then it came to me. Uh, years ago, back in the 1950s, there was a very famous show on TV entitled, I Remember Mama. Does anybody remember that show? I know it was a long time ago. But it, it was a very, very popular show. It was on Friday nights at 8 o'clock. And it was a wonderful show. It was based, actually, on a book that had been written in the 1930s by Catherine Farber, who was a daughter of Norwegian immigrants. And you know there is a Norwegian uh, community here in San Francisco, historically. And basically, it's, it's sort of a fictionalized version of her childhood. Eventually, it was made into a Broadway play, I Remember Mama. Uh, that was in the early 40s. In fact, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the young boy who was a teenage boy, Nels, was played, I believe, by a newcomer, uh, Marlon Brando, actually. And then eventually, I think in 1948, MGM made a movie with Irene Dunn. And that was a wonderful film. In fact, um, I'm sure on Turner Classic, they're probably playing it today. It's the story of the Hansen family, the father and mother and the three children. Marta Hansen is the, really the center of the story. And the significance of motherhood and the way motherhood actually runs the family, actually. She is the gyroscope. She's the balancing act. She has to fill in all the cracks that are missing. And she has to bring peace whenever there isn't any. And she has to be encouraging. And uh, she really is the prop of the family. One of the things that I recall very vividly, the insight that I got out of the story was that this was a story of an ordinary woman. You know, they were immigrants, they had no money, uh, they were always living penny to penny, dollar to dollar. But somehow she was very elegant in a way that sort of brought uh, some confidence in the family. She imbued confidence in the people. Rather than have them live in fear that they weren't going to make it. And so this ordinary woman was extraordinary. And frankly, uh, it reminded me of my grandmother, my mother's mother, and my mother. I won't go into that story now, but they were very ordinary people. They were very poor people. But I must say, they were extraordinary, and that's what motherhood is, really. It is an extraordinary experience in an ordinary setting. And so to you mothers today, I say to you, you're extraordinary. It's impossible to quantify 
the, the influence and the effect of motherhood on all of us. Not just the children, because we always think of motherhood with children, but the feminine, the feminine principle, the feminine spirit, is the thing that keeps the world in balance. And we know the world is completely out of balance right now. It has been out of balance for centuries, actually, and obviously millennia. And we need, we need the feminine principle now to gain strength and power to overcome the, the patriarchalism that has driven Western civilization for thousands of years. Back in prehistory, thousands of years ago, probably over 10,000 years ago, religiously, religion was primarily feminine focused. The first experience of God or the expression of God was female. Some of you, I'm sure, are aware of all of this, but let me just very quickly say that we had, uh, the divinity was the great mother. The goddess. And so, uh, that was the, the initial experience of divinity and of religion in humankind. About 10,000 years ago, patriarchalism began to ascend the male principle. And so, naturally, our faith was rooted, the Judeo-Christian faith is rooted really in patriarchalism. And of course, we even talk about the patriarchs when we talk about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and so on. And in patriarchalism, there are certain qualities, just as there are in the, uh, on the feminine side, on the masculine side, there are certain qualities that um, strongly assert themselves. One is authority. Authority is very important in patriarchalism. Leadership, domination even. And so uh, those qualities, those qualities start driving our culture. They drive the way we live, the way we think, the way we interact with other people. Power becomes a very key issue. And you can see over the centuries, even in religion, there's a certain domination of those who are in charge, even to this day. And so we have really been out of balance. Um, the settling of disputes, for example, under a patriarchal model is one of the assertion of power. And that's why we have war. It's that simple. We are in a great transition and have been for several centuries now in the transition away from patriarchalism and to a more balanced view, a more balanced experience of civilization. The feminine principle has begun to move and it began very visibly to move at the end of the 19th century and all through the 20th century and now into the 21st century. 
And in every transition period of history, if, if you've ever studied the transition periods of history, there are two things that happen. The new spirit, the new regime, slowly moves on gradually, almost like a, like a grist mill. It just grinds slowly forward. And, and as it becomes stronger, the former culture reacts to it. It asserts itself. It, itself, it asserts itself strongly. And so in periods of transition, we have very complicated situations. We have two spirits that are struggling, one against the other. One for self-preservation, the other to be born more fully. And so uh, we see it nowadays all over the world. This, the Arab Spring, for example, is a good example. Of it. Many of the Mediterranean and uh, Middle Eastern countries are very, they're very paternalistic, patriarchal. That's why they are very comfortable with dictators, because they, they have a patriarchal image and they're very easily accepted. But of course now, of course, they're being challenged. And of course we have chaos. But that's part of the transition. It has to happen and it will happen eventually. All through Europe, for example, in the last year or two or three, there's been a resurgence really of patriarchalism. Even in our own country here, it's obvious. Uh, in the last election, we we had the revival of patriarchalism, a very strong. You can see how powerful this is to the point where it really has pushed back. And so now we have obviously a resistance to it. Now, why does this happen? The human psyche, unlike the human body, is really androgynous. It is both masculine and feminine. And as a result, there is a necessary balance in all of us, in all of our minds. We need a balance of masculine and feminine. When the mind is out of balance, we have neurosis and other things, maybe worse. And so the, the feminine principle is very important at this time in history. And women are called forth to represent that and to promote it, and to help balance out our culture. You know the same with our planet. You know, nature obviously uh, requires balance. It, it always seeks balance, one way or the other. And nature always wins in the end, by the way. And so the patriarchal attitude toward the planet, toward the environment, is one of use even in the Bible, there are, there are passages in Genesis and so on, which sort of, it gives the impression that this was made for us and that it is at our use. We just use nature as we want. Of course, this is really, uh, this is like the human ego, that it's there for our pleasure and nothing else. And so 
right now, even in that field, you see the, the resurgence of the feminine, that uh, we're out of balance in the use of nature. Nature is not to be used. Nature is for us to be in harmony. And when you're in harmony, then all things work out exactly as they should. But we're not in harmony. And you can see the pushback in attitudes, let's say, toward our climate. You see it in the politics and so on. This is the, uh, this is the challenge of our time in all fields, not just climate. So I urge all of you, first of all, to look into your own selves as individuals, the way that you manage your relationships, the way that you balance in your life those qualities which are both masculine and feminine. It is in the balance that we will be saved. And I urge the women today, as we commend you on motherhood, to make sure that this is your mission at this time, that the, the resurgence of the goddess is so important. Let me just add one other thing that just, just kind of like came to my mind. We have all kinds of like religious symbolism here and so forth. It's interesting if you look in our faith, the history of Jesus' mother Mary, that over the centuries there, is, there was a rise of veneration of the Blessed Mother. And that is really a, a very natural cultural and psychological event because uh, the feminine side of our faith was being neglected and a balance was required. And so we have, for example, if you go to Europe and you see the great cathedrals, they're named after Mary, Notre Dame and so on. The Catholics back in 1950 created another do yet another doctrine, and it was the doctrine of the Assumption, that Mary was physically assumed into heaven just like Jesus. Now, this was very controversial at the time. For the theologians, there was pro and con about it. But it was interesting that the psychologist, Dr. Carl Jung, wrote a letter to the Pope and said this was a great idea, interestingly enough. He said it was a great idea because it, in the history of the human psyche, it finally, this was a final way of acknowledging that there is a feminine element in the Godhead. And that's true, actually, if you really want to analyze the Trinity. And I know the Trinity for many people is a little bit confusing. But if you look at the Trinity, the Trinity is also a perfect balance. It's really androgynous in many ways. You have the Father, well, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but you have the Father, obviously, the patriarch. You have the Holy Spirit, which in the tradition of the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, is always feminine. Wisdom is always feminine. And the actual reading of the scripture refers to it as her. 
So we have the masculine and we have the feminine. Now, the son, you may say, is, well, that's another, that's another masculine, but it isn't. The whole story of Jesus' life, the whole gospel, shows Jesus as a perfect balance of the masculine and the feminine. What is his central virtue? It is compassion. Compassion is psychologically always related to the feminine side. So Jesus was male physically, but in his person and in the way he lived, uh, he was both male and female, spiritually and psychologically. And that is the balancing act in, in the Trinity. And so our vision of faith, religion, God, and everything else really expresses a balance. And whenever we celebrate Mother's Day, we should remember that balance in every area of our lives, especially in our faith and in our politics. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.